Psalms 34, uh, starting at verse number one. Psalms, the 34th number, starting at verse number one. One guy said this way, he says, hearing tells you that the music is playing, but listening tells you what the song is saying. I kind of like that. He says, hearing tells you what the music is playing. Listening tells you what the song is saying. And so listening to those songs are very important. I was, <laughs> I was laughing at my wife. I, we were talking about growing up sometimes how you hear songs and you think it's saying one thing and you just make stuff up. You know, don't. <laughs> there's, a song, there's a song that, you know, Billy Preston is saying, will it go around in a circle? Will it fly high like a bird up in the sky? Marera thought he was saying, will it go around in a circle? Like some dude named Willie going around the circle. <laughs> so, so, you know, hearing <laughs> tells you that the music is playing. Listening carefully tells you what the song is saying. Because there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, you know, songs that are out there, uh, even, you know, from a secular standpoint, but from a, worldly, from, from a spiritual standpoint, too, that we need to listen to what the song is saying. Uh, you know, there was, uh, I think I might share a couple, you know, you mean you listen to different genres of music, whether it's blues, uh, uh, pop, R&B, a country. There's a lot of stuff that's out there. Um, and there's <laughs> some funny stuff out there and some stuff that, that's vulgar, too. Uh, but, you, you know, listen to, listen tells you what the song is saying. There were some songs that, you know, that are out there, listen to the name of these songs. It said, get your tongue out of my mouth because I'm kissing you goodbye. There's another one that says, I don't know whether to kill myself or go bowling. Dude must have been having some issues, right? The next one says, if I can't be number one in your life, then number two on you. You got to catch that one, okay? Another one said, I sold a car to a guy who stole my girl. But it don't run, so we're even. <laughs> These country dudes, man, they be coming up with some stuff. <laughs> Another one said, Mama, get a hammer. There's a fly on Daddy's head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did y'all catch that one? Wow. Next one says, If the phone don't ring, you know it's me. Yeah. Next one says, she's acting single, and I'm drinking doubles. What about that? Yeah. How can I miss you if you won't go away? Yeah. This next dude said, the next song says, I keep forgetting I forgot about you. Mm-hmm. He had some issues there, didn't he? Next one says, I like you better before I knew you so well. Yeah. <laughs> the next one says, I still miss you, baby, but my aim's getting better. Yeah. Okay. The next one says, I wouldn't take her to a dog fight because I'm afraid she'd win. As it said in the 70s, that's cold. That's cold. That's cold. <laughs> 
And this dude here, he's, he's kind of burning. He says, I'll marry you tonight, tomorrow, but let's honeymoon tonight. No, we ain't going to do that. <laughs> uh, it says, in the last one, it says, I'm so miserable without you, it's like having you here. Well, yeah, yeah okay. All right. So there's a whole bunch of stuff out there. So you need to listen to what the song is saying. The moral of all that is, there's a lot of stuff being said, and sometimes it's going over our head. Listen to what the song is saying. Look at Psalms, the 37th number, not 37, the 34th number, uh, in verse number one. The text says this, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Verse three says, oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Number four, let's read it out loud, no purpose. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Amen. We've been uh, wrapping up, amen, the latter part of that that 46 number song which says be still and know that I'm God uh, and we understand and we uh, come to the realization that there are times in our life where we face fears uh, and understanding that God desires for us not to walk in fear then we need to kind of get an understanding on how to overcome those fears or to conquer those fears right I share with you that the most repeated command throughout all of the Bible is the command, fear not or be not afraid. Amen. Everybody say fear not or be not afraid. All right. And so if God tells us to fear not and to be not afraid, then if we are being fearful, that means that there's something going on in our life that is not connecting us to God's will for our life. Because God would not have told us to be not afraid, to not walk in fear, if we didn't have the capacity to not walk in fear. Amen? He would be an unjust God to require us to do something that we are incapable of doing. Am I right about it? And so, so uh, we, we talked about you know, some things that fear does, and we told you there's two types of fears, constructive fear and destructive fear, right? And we said that destructive fear does some things in our lives that we need to be aware of. We said, number one, fear disregards God's plans. Okay, whenever you're walking in fear, you disregard God's plan for your life. Okay, the second thing we told you was that fear distorts God's purposes. Is that right? It distorts God's purposes. Fear distorts our view on life. It, it, it has us looking through a lens, amen, that's not uh, in, in line with what God would have us look at. And, and we have to always be mindful that our perspective on life needs to be, amen, uh, uh, filtered through the word of God. If we don't have a biblical worldview, then we're going to look at life in a way that's not pleasing to God. So fear distorts God's purposes. Number three, we said fear will discourage God's people. Fear discourages God's people. And fourth, we said that fear disbelieves God's promises. Amen. Fear uh, disbelieves God's promises. And number five, we said fear disobeys, amen, 
God's principles. And those things, are, are, you know, we have to be aware that they, they do that in our lives. But our strategy for overcoming fear uh, is we, we told you that the first thing we got to do, is we got to understand fear's origin. Where did it come from? Understand fear's origin. Everybody say understand fear's origin. Amen. We got to understand where it came from. Uh, there, there are a lot of things that we are fearful in in life that 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 fear developed and it was solidified in our upbringing, in our childhood. And so we got to make sure that we, uh, amen, are, are able to to overcome that. Amen. Guys, can y'all give me just a little bit more light? I'm struggling a little bit here. Okay. All right. So we got to overcome. We got to understand fear's origin. Fear's origin, because uh, the, you know that enables us to to be able to properly uh, get a handle on that fear that we're facing. Okay. The, the second thing that we told you was we got to expose fear's lies. Uh, you know we know that the devil is the father of lies. Am I right about it? The devil is the father of lies. Go with me right quick to John 8 and 44. And, and, and I just want to go this way by just by way of remembrance. John 8 and 44. Amen. It'll, uh, you know, it, 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 it'll, it, it, we have to expose it because J Jesus refers to Satan here in John 8 and 44. Look at what he says here. John 8 chapter verse number 44. It says this, it says, uh, you are of your father, the devil, and the lust of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. He's the father of it. Amen. So fe fear will have you uh, uh, thinking a certain way when that way is not really true. Fear will, will be speaking and will send thoughts to your mind. That's why the Bible tells us to bring every thought into captivity unto the obedience of what? Christ. Amen. So we have to expose fears live because it'll start spinning these tales in our minds and, and, and it'll, it'll have us thinking things that are not really what God said about us. And, and it'll have people telling you stuff about yourself that's not true. And so you got you and I both have to realize that that we got to we got to expose a man fears lies. When the devil start telling us stuff about us that the Bible doesn't say about us, then we got to start telling the devil what the Bible says about us. We got to turn around on him. We got to start speaking truth, amen, because we know that death and life is where in the power of the tongue and they that love it eat the fruit thereof. So we got to expose those lies. The only way you can expose it is is a, is a shine truth on it. Amen. Put the truth of God's word on that lie that's coming to you towards in your mind. Okay. The third thing we told you was we got to face that fear head on. We got to face it head on. Studies show that avoiding our fears only causes them to increase. The power of fear begins to diminish when a person takes the time to understand its origin, expose its lies, and face it head on. That's what David did over in 1 Samuel the 17th chapter. When he faced down Goliath, when the, his brothers and, the, and, the, the, and Saul and the rest of those guys were quaking in fear. But what David did was David began to speak, KD, amen, his covenant promises. As a matter of fact, David says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine who don't have a covenant with God? Who is this, this person that you guys are quaking in fear of? 
We serve a God who's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that works in us. And so David says, I will not, amen, cower down in fear. I've, I've fought bears and I've and, and, and killed lions. And so this, this uncircumcised Philistine who does not have a covenant with God will not be a challenge for me. And y'all know the rest of the story, how he took the, the five smooth stones, amen, took one of them and hit him in the top, hit it right, right between his eyes, knocked him down, took his sword, cut his head off because David understood that he had a covenant with God. And when you are walking with God, you need to understand, he says in his word, I've not given you a spirit of fear, but a power, love, what? And a sound mind. Amen. So we got to get there. So, so, uh, and then fourth thing we told you was face fear head on. Fourth thing we said, speak words of truth. We got to speak words of truth. Uh, speak word of truth, self-talk, pr- scripture and prayer. Now, what are you telling yourself? Amen. What scripture are you going to and meditating on? And what are you praying? Amen. In your individual prayer lives, those things will help equip us. Amen. To, to, to be able to face those fears head on. Uh, so, so now we left off in talking about understanding and embracing the principles of faith, which is where I want to kind of mine a little bit on the day. OK, understanding the principles of faith. Now, if you look back with me, I want you to notice, go back to Psalms 34 real quick. And this is David talking in the Psalms, the 34th number of Psalms. Go back there real quickly. And, and we look back at that first verse down to the fourth verse. This Psalm here is one of my favorite ones because David is now, uh, you know, is is. It's expressing, amen, his confidence in God. He's expressing his, his faith in the covenant that he has with, with the God who delivered him, the God who saved him, the God who restored him when he fell down. So David says, I will bless the Lord at all times. Now notice what he says, I will bless him at all times. The only way we bless the Lord is, we, is, is through our, our praise and our worship of him. We don't have enough money to, to be able to, quote, bless God like we think in terms of blessing. When somebody said, well, he really blessed me, a lot of times it means he gave me something that was beneficial to me. God has everything. But the one way that we can really bless him is by extolling his virtues. The one way we can really bless him is by magnifying his name, lifting him up on high. You know, the Bible says God inhabits the praises of his people. Am I right about it? And so the way we bless God is by thanking him. God, I praise you. I'm, you're a wonderful, awesome God. Lord, you are, you, you, you're, you're, you're kind. You're, you're, you're lovely. You're, you're, you're a, a, a wonderful savior. You are my Lord. I thank you and I praise you. I worship you for being such a good God. All of those things there are when we say those type things, what we're doing is we're blessing his name. David said, I will bless the Lord how often? All right, so he said at all times. That means that regardless of the situation, I still, I'm still going to bless his name. We say this all the time, God is good all the time, and all the time God is good. I wonder do we really believe that? See, when we're going through something, we'll, we'll really know that when we begin to uh, speak his praises even in the middle of a valley experience. Even when we're going through something, we'll still be able to say, God, I know that you got my back. I don't understand what I'm going through right now, but I trust that you're going to bring me through this. Amen. And Lord, you are wonderful. You are kind. God, you saved me. You delivered me. And I'm going to thank you, even though I'm struggling right now, God. I thank you for delivering my soul from a burning hell. I thank you 
for being a man, my God, my Lord, and my Savior. David says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise, watch this, shall what continually be where? In my mouth. His praise has to be in my mouth. You can't praise the Lord being silent. Hello, saints. You can't praise him being silent. People say, well, you know, I, I'm just kind of quiet like that. Well, listen, you, you can be quiet, but you better, if you're going to praise God, you got to open your mouth. Notice what David said. He says what? His praise shall continually be where? In my mouth. In other words, my words are going to produce, amen, my, my mouth is going to produce words that's going to extol God's virtues. It's going to magnify his name, okay? Look, look what he says here. My soul shall make her boast how? In the Lord. My soul shall make her boast where? In the Lord. It's, all, it's okay to boast as long as you boast in the Lord. Amen? Don't boast in yourself and your own skill sets and your own ability, but make your boast where? In the Lord. David says, my soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Now watch this again. Verse number three. And our young people were, were extolling us and, and inviting us into the worship experience. And thank God for them. Thank God for those young ladies who ministered and danced. Thank God for the praise team and the choir that came up and shared with us. But what they were trying to do is invite us to come in. Just like David says, he says, oh, magnify the Lord with me. That means you make God big. You got to blow him up. Amen. Some of us try to blow ourselves up. Some of our heads, some of y'all, some, some people, some Christians' heads have gotten too big. We think, you, you ever heard somebody say you have the big head? What does that mean? That means that you, you're thinking more, too much about your own self. In other words, if, you, if you've gotten so stuck on yourself that you're thinking you're all of that, then you, 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 you're, you're out of position because we're going to make our boast in the Lord. David says, oh, magnify the Lord with me. He didn't say magnify myself. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us, watch this, let us corporately exalt uh, his name together. To exalt means to what? To lift up. Let us lift up his name together. All right? So, so that's a part of our process. And then, then he said this in verse number four, which really hits home to our point. He says this what? I sought the Lord and he heard me. Here's what I want to tell you. If you seek after God, if you pursue him, you will find him. See, the problem that we're having is some people want to, want to know God, but they don't want to pursue him. Any dude out here that's worth his salt, amen, if, if he really wants to know a woman, he'll pursue the woman. Let me say it again. Any, any guy who... who who really wants to know a woman has to pursue a woman. And when I say pursue, I'm not just talking about just running out there because you see she's fine and you want to have sex with her. That's not pursuing a woman. Can I get a witness? That's, that's, that's not pursuing. That's, that's just trying to get your, your, your physical needs met. Right? But if a guy really wants to know a woman, he has to pursue her. He has to, to, uh, uh, to, to, to get to know her. He has to understand what her, 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 her likes and dislikes are. He has to understand what makes her tick. Amen? He has to tell her, sit yourself down, girl. Let me talk to you. Let me tell you what's on my... 
Some of you old school cats. Craig, you remember that too, don't you? I, Craig, you probably told Allie that. Sit yourself down, girl. Let me talk to you. But when you get to know a person, it requires time and effort to pursue, amen, what that person really likes. What's on that person's mind? What makes that person feel safe? What makes that person feel loved? What makes that person feel at ease? And understanding that, and, and when you understand that you begin to walk in those things that make that person feel that way, that, that requires pursuit. David said, he says, I sought the Lord. See, if many of us want to know God, well, I, I'm going to back up. I'm going to back up. I think a lot of believers, amen, have accepted Christ as their personal Savior, but they're not pursuing God. They're not seeking after him to become that disciplined one, that disciple one. We see it all the time. Guys, um, and, and one of the things that we've been praying about is, is, is how do we uh, get people connected to the discipling process? Uh, because the discipling process will involve you pursuing God corporately and individually. And, and, and what, I've just, what I've discovered, and, and you see it all the time, we, we have a generation of people now. And, and I'm not going to just blame on the younger ones, but some of the older ones, middle-aged and older ones, too, are at a point where now they're not pursuing biblical uh, uh, wisdom and advice any longer. Uh, guys, I, I'm going to tell you something. We still have Sunday school here. That's a part of our discipling process here in this church. All right? We're, we're, we're more concerned than just this Sunday morning two-hour setting right here. Because we know, we understand that if there's no connectivity and there's no commitment to learning and growing, eventually you'll be a surface Christian. I mean, you're good people, you, go, you die, you're going to heaven, but you will not be effective in advancing kingdom principles because you don't know kingdom principles. Hello? So we still have Sunday morning, we call it discipleship training. And guess what? If you are a member of this church, that's a part of your responsibility to be connected to the training process. I think I feel like being a little past, a pastor this morning. Man. So you have a responsibility to connect. But when you disconnect and don't plug in, what you're saying is, is okay, now, you know, I, bro, pastor, I'm, I joined that church and I believe that the Lord sent me there, but you know what? I'm going to handle my discipleship the way I want to handle it. Now you don't say that verbally because that sounds almost sacrilegious to say that I don't want the Bible. But that's what we're really saying. Because, again, you know, what I've told you is, we started off, I said, you know, hearing the music does what? What did I tell you? Y'all remember? Huh? Hearing tells you the music is playing, right? But listening tells you what the song is saying. See, a lot of people are, are, are sort of like that. We, you know, we got saved, and, and, and we, we know what the, what the music sounds like, but we don't know what the words are saying. And so sometimes in our walk with the Lord, we, we're here, and we, we're saved, but we, we, we don't plug in to get to know them deeper. See, a lot of guys... Can I talk for the guys? A lot of guys have to learn how to dwell with our wives according to knowledge. 
We talked about this on yesterday. Man, we had an awesome. Guys, let me tell you something. If, if you can get there, if you're not working, come to, come to our G-Men Fellowship. We get, we get deep. We get deep on, on Saturday mornings, amen? Eat a little breakfast and we share. Come. But one thing we understood is that, that there is something about a woman that we have to learn. And it takes time. It takes patience. Because we don't automatically think that way. But if we're going to know her, come on now. If we're going to get to know her, we got to pursue her, amen, more than just sexually and physically. Am I right, sisters? Can I I get one amen from a sister that said, I want my man to pursue me emotionally. I I, I want my man to, to understand me from the inside out, not the outside in. If you know what I mean. I want, I want him to, to, to understand that, 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 that I want him to know it even without me having to tell him. Brothers don't naturally understand that. Brothers will say, brothers will say, well, just tell me what you want. Don't just expect me to know it. But see, in her mind, she's thinking, if he's really pursuing me, and if he's gotten to know me, he knows what makes me tick without me having to tell him what makes me tick. Oh, come on, somebody. Can I get some witness up in here? Now, naturally, guys, that doesn't make sense to us. But spiritually speaking, I think I got word to back me up. Word says, dwell with her according to what? Knowledge. Then it may be well with you. And your prayers not be hindered. That you have a blessed relationship. So if I got to dwell with her, if I'm commanded to dwell with her according to knowledge, then that means there's some knowledge, there's some information about her that I don't naturally have, and it, it doesn't come naturally to my way of thinking, so I got to learn it. Are y'all with me? I got to learn it. So if you're going to really know her, it takes time. To learn about her. And see, the, the average dude don't want to take that time. The average dude just want to do, oh, come on, come on, come on, hug me, hug me. Not hug, hug you, hug you. <laughs> news, 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 news blast, news, 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 news flash, news flash, news flash. There's more to relationships than physical interaction. Okay, but guys, why, why, why'd you get on that? Well, David says this, just, just like sometimes, you know, we, talking about this, men don't understand it, but as we get to know and understand it better, then we get, we get, to, uh, we get to, uh, to, to, to be able to interface with our, our spouse better and understand her better, it, it makes for a more fruitful and productive relationship. But as same, by the same token, because if we don't pursue, if we don't take that time to understand, if we don't take the time to listen attentively, when I say listen attentively, that means that um, uh, I'm, 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 even when I want to say, well, okay, are you finished yet? Can I, can I say something? 
Anybody been up there before? You resist that urge and you sit there and you listen because something will be said that will give you a clue as to what makes her tick. And when you learn how to press into that, then life gets a whole lot sweeter. David said this, I sought the Lord and he heard me. David said, I pursued him. I, I pursued a man uh, uh, intimate connection with God and God heard me and, and not only did he hear me but he delivered me from not some but what all of my fears how could David be delivered from all of his fears he could be delivered from his fears because once he knew God and knew God's faithfulness knew God's covenant knew God had his back there was no reason for him to fear because we serve a God who's bigger than big we serve a God who's higher than high. We serve a God who's got all power in heaven and earth in his hand. We serve a God who's omniscient, omnipotent. Amen. He's the God who, who's bigger than everything. So if I got that God on my side, why am I worried about this little issue that's happening in my life right now? Why am I scared? Well, Pastor, I don't know where the money comes from. Well, you, aren't you connected? To a God who the, cat, the Bible says the cattle on a thousand hills belong to him. Aren't you in connection with a God where the Bible says the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. The silver and the gold belongs to him. So if I am connected, if I understand at a deep level my, my relationship with God, then why am I afraid? The reason why most of us are afraid is because we hadn't pursued that connection. And I'm bringing it right back around because we don't come to discipleship training. We don't spend any time at home pursuing God through his word. Now, I'm not saying you're a bad person. I'm just saying that, 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 that you know you better than I know you. And you know if you give more time to the housewives of Atlanta, to Queen Sugar, huh? to your favorite shows, Huh? If you give more time and attention to that, then 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 you 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 thank you, brother. Jerry, Jerry, man, you know you anointed, brother. The, the anointed towel bearer. Come on. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, but but if you give more attention and time to that and you and you block out time to, to watch TV, but don't block out time to pursue God in his word. Then, then, then how do we expect to get better? How do we expect to get better? David said, I sought the Lord and he heard me. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. So, so connectivity as a member of EBC is a part of your responsibility to, to connect corporately in our study time because we learn together, we grow together. Amen? So, so we are here for 845 on Sundays, all EBC members. And there's a class just for you. We are here on Wednesday's Bible study. Don't forget about that. Some of y'all were involved, but now you disconnected. And you're not working. You just at home, doing whatever. I'm telling you right now, God has a problem with that. Because as your pastor, I've just shared with you our, 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 our process for discipling, and that won't happen if you are disconnected. Now, you can come and still not be discipled, you understand me? Just coming ain't the issue. Because you can come 
and don't do anything that you're, that you're learning and you're still in bad shape. As a matter of fact, you're probably worse off. Because to him that knoweth to do good and do it not to him is what? Sin. Sin. All right? So, so pursue God just like you, you should pursue your spouse and know her or, and vice versa, know him to understand him. The same way that same pursue his, David said, I sought the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me from all my fears. In other words, David said, once I knew God in an intimate way, I had no reason to fear. And God keeps telling us, fear not, be not afraid. He told Joshua that. He told the children of Israel that as they were being attacked by the enemy. I got news for you. Just because you save and love Jesus don't mean that the enemy is not going to attack you. As a matter of fact, the more you press in toward God, the more the enemy is going to get busy trying to knock you off your throne. So don't, don't be dismayed when the enemy attacks. As a matter of fact, when he starts attacking you, say, God, I thank you. I'm in your will. Because I must be doing something right. He keeps coming at me this hard. Don't, listen, don't be afraid, he says. But watch it, watch it. Okay, all right, but Pastor, you, you're saying that. So, so how, do, how do we get to that point? Well, I, I share with you that, uh, that uh, lastly, speak words of truth, right? Self-talk. How, 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 do, how are we talking to ourselves? You know, what, are, what are we saying to ourselves? Because death and life is in the power of tongue, right? So I got I to speak to myself the things that God says about myself. I got to go to scripture and find word, amen, that, w- that will build me up. I, I, guys, I'm going to tell you something. I don't depend on myself. I can't depend on myself because as, as a human being, as man, I'm fallible. I don't have the strength, the wisdom, uh, of the fortitude to be able to live this Christian life on my own. And God never designed for me to live it that way. He designed for me and you to walk it by faith and in the power of the Holy Spirit. So I got to speak to myself, okay? Uh, you know, first, I think it's 2 Corinthians, first, first 2 Corinthians 10 chapter, he says, bring every thought into captivity unto the obedience of Christ. In other words, when, when thoughts are coming my way, I got to capture those thoughts and put them in jail and start speaking what God's word says about me so that I can overcome those detrimental thoughts that are coming from the enemy. Now, I will not know how to capture those thoughts. I will not know what God's word says about me if I don't spend time pursuing God through his word. See, many of us want to pray to God and ask him for stuff when we need stuff. But if God... If we haven't connected with God outside of when we ask him for stuff, do you really think that's going to be effective? It's not going to be effective because that would be just like that person who you know who only comes to you when they need some money. How many of y'all have people in your life who only call you when they need something for you? Need a ride, need some money, need you to do something for them, need you to cook something for them, need you to do, you know, do them a favor over here. Those kind of people, you know, when, 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 you, when, you, when you see that number... Pop on your call ID, you, you look, the first thing you say is, oh, Lord. Can we, can we be honest? What do we say? What do they want now? Because when the pattern has been established, that they only pursue you when they want something from you. You know, and, and bless God, you know, I, I know that, uh, you know, people have to make a living, but telemarketers drive me crazy. I mean, 
And maybe some of y'all work in a call center where you have to call people and ask for business and ask for service. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not knocking you. Somebody got to make a living doing that. And, and in order for a company to survive, they got to sell their product. I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I don't, you know, I, I, I just don't like when they try to trick me. And I don't like it when I tell them I'm not interested, they keep on talking. When I tell, sir, I'm not interested. But, but, but you know, you can try, sir, did you hear me? I, I'm, I'm, I thank you for your call. I'm, I'm being grateful. Because you never know who knows you. I was telling Mary, I was, <laughs> I called to try to get uh, something um, uh, changed with, our, with one of our, our church credit cards. And it's the bank I used to work for. Um, and I was, I was sitting there thinking, God, their process is so onerous. When I did the same thing with American Express, it was just like that. I mean, I did it online. It was quick. Got the thing changed and card sent. It was, it was, just, it was just flawless. I mean, American Express has a great system. Uh, they protect you. You know, whenever they see, somebody, see something that's out of the ordinary, they'll, they'll, they'll shut your card down and call you and tell you, hey, man, were you, were you in California? Uh, uh, were you in Florida or whatever? They, they, they'll protect you from, from people defrauding you. Uh, and, but that process, process was real smooth. But this other bank's process was just so onerous. You know, in order to get that same thing done, I had to write, a, I had to have a, a memo on letterhead, and had to have names, social security numbers, date of birth, and all that. And man, you know, I was, I was, I was thinking to myself. I said, you know what? I know this lady couldn't do anything about what I was, what I was complaining about. But I was getting ready to just kind of tell her in a, in a nice sort of way. Y'all, y'all need to get y'all act together. <laughs> now she's in Florida now. She's at a call center in Florida. And, you know, as we, as we continue to talk, guess what the lady says? She says, are you the guy that comes on the radio? She says, she says I used to listen to your broadcast uh, on my way to work. Now, she, she's in Pensacola, Florida. Now, I, I'm, I broadcast in Pensacola, Florida. So, so <laughs> I said, well, she says, I recognize your voice. So here I am, getting ready to kind of tie into a little bit, kind of be a little sarcastic. And, and I'm, I said, God, I'm so glad that you held me, that I held my peace. Because here this woman is talking about how the message has blessed her. And if I had went off like that, she, 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 she knew my voice. Which means that she listened to the broadcast quite often to be able to pick up my voice and understand it. And so she's in Pensacola, Florida. I'm here in Ben, Louisiana, and I could have made a fool out of myself. The next time that broadcast came on Pensacola, Florida, she said, child, don't listen to that dude. I had him on the phone the other day. He cussed me out. Now, y- y'all know I'm not a cusser. I, I wouldn't have done that. But, but my, my point is, you never know who knows you. And you never know Yo, when, when your witness, amen, is going to be put to the test, amen, but if you seek God, if you understand, if you know him, if you allow scripture to guide, amen, your life, amen, if you, if you, if you learn about him, because that's the only way you can know God is to seek after him. David said, I sought the Lord, he heard me and delivered me from all my fears, okay? So, so self-talk in scripture is, is you know, uh, self-talk in scripture, and then third thing is prayer under, when we speak words of truth. Those things come into play. Self-talk, what are you telling yourself? What scripture are you reading? And what are you praying? So we said, when we get those things down in our spirit, it helps us to be able to overcome and conquer our fears. But the, 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 the last thing I want to give you is, is 
I told you it's, it's important for us to understand and embrace the principles of faith because we said principle number one is that the faith is a way of life. It's not a get rich quick scheme. Faith is a way of life. Okay, faith, Romans one and seventeen tells us that the just shall live by faith. We should have a lifestyle of faith. That means that that I have to live in such a way that I trust that God is going to do what He says He's going to do in my life. Okay. Uh, Second thing I want you to, to make note of is that second principle is our lifestyle must coincide with God's word. Our lifestyle must coincide with God's word. Amen. It must coincide with God's word. Although faith comes by repeatedly hearing the word and is developed by putting the word into action, we must make sure that we, to the best of our ability, are living in line with the Bible. Now, how can you live in line with the Bible if you don't come to Sunday school and you don't come to uh, Bible study and you don't spend any time in the Word? How can you possibly live in line with the Well, I just do what feels feel right. How many of you know sometimes what feels right is not right? It don't feel right to have to spank your four-year-old because they were being disobedient. And as a matter of fact, some people will, 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 will accuse you of, of abusing a child. And again, I'm not against, listen, I'm, I am against child abuse like anybody. I mean, when I, when I say this, understand this. The Bible talks about a rod of correction. Uh, and so it may not feel right for you to, to discipline your child, but it'll be better for that child in the long run. The Bible says a child that is left to himself would bring his mother to open shame. Because you didn't bend that reed while it was young, now that reed is 14, 15, 16, and 17 years, that reed thinks that it's strong enough to challenge you. As a matter of fact, children that it, it, probably in that two to three year old range begin to challenge your authority in the home. And if you don't start, amen, at that, at that age, Getting them to understand that you don't run anything in this house. You can't even, you can't even sit, sit down for a parent-teacher conference because your child cutting up. But you got to, you, you know, it may not feel right, but the Bible says foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but a rod of correction will do what? Drive it far from him. I mean, reasonable corporal punishment is not unbiblical. It is biblical. And if you love your child, you'll discipline your child. Don't give your child everything they want. Huh? They, they, they don't have the capacity. Their mind is still being developed and formulated. They don't have the capacity to understand things at an adult level. So it's your responsibility and my responsibility to teach them. Can I get a witness? All right? So, so, so what, what, what may feel right to you may be wrong according to the word of God, but I won't know that if I don't spend any time in the word. And people say, well, Pastor, my, my understanding, I, I don't read that well, or, or, or maybe, maybe you know, I don't understand you know, certain words in the King James Version. And I, I've, I've shared this with you guys. You know, there's no magic in KJV. The magic, there's no magic in anything. Understanding comes from the Word of God. Now, having sound biblical teaching, properly, uh, uh, you know, uh, doctrinally, uh, uh, you know, discern is, is critically important to our understanding of the scripture. 
So, but, but, but our understanding comes from, amen, the Holy Spirit. And so maybe, you know, there's some, there's some, some helps, some, some biblical helps that God has given men wisdom to, to, to write that can help us get our understanding. Because we don't understand, uh, uh, you know, culture in, uh, during the time that Jesus lived because we didn't live back there. There are certain things and ways of doing things that were, that were akin to that culture that we won't know. And that writer is writing in that culture. So I got to, I got to do my exegesis so I can have correct hermeneutical application. In other words, I got to know the then and the there so I can understand how to apply it in the here and the now. I don't automatically understand that just by reading through scripture without any helps to get me to dig beneath the surface to understand the, the, the original Greek and the Hebrew. Because most of us in here are not Greek and Hebrew scholars. I'm not. And so, so I need some helps to get me to understand what the root words meant. So those type of things are out there. And then that's why you come together corporately so that when you don't understand something individually, God will enlighten a teacher or a, or, or a minister or, or a, a fellow classmate in their discipleship training class who has the understanding and they can help you. So don't feel embarrassed. We're not going to embarrass anybody. If you don't want to read, we're not going to make you read. But just come and learn and glean. So there's a lot of stuff I've learned over the years, amen, by listening. Can I get a witness? But if I'm not connected, then I don't get the benefit of that. Can I get a witness? All right? So, so, so make sure that we get, in there, get ourselves in, into, that, into that point to where we are we, we are, we're connecting and getting involved so that we can learn what God wants us to know, okay? So our lifestyle must, must coincide with God's word, but I can't coincide with God's word if I don't know what it, what it means, what it says. Principle number three, watch this, watch, real quick. Number three, faith continually grows, okay? Faith continually grows. It's not that you get faith one time and that's it. Faith continually grows, we got to understand that to grow in faith is a process. It's a process. Go, go, go to 1 Kings right quick, the 17th chapter. We, we're going to see uh, Elijah, who, you know, Elijah uh, was, had predicted drought. Uh, and he spoke a word unto, uh, unto the inhabitants of the land, uh, inhabitants of Gilead, and, you know, Ahab, the wicked king. Uh, Ahab, did Ahab? What was Ahab's wife's name? Anybody remember? Jezebel. She was a she was a she was a Jezebel, right? Okay. So, First uh, Kings seventeen chapter. I'm going to show you something right quick because it, God had predicted drought through the prophet Elijah, but the prophet needed to eat too, right? The text says it's First First uh, Kings the seventeen chapter. Uh, look at verse uh, verse number one says, and Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, as the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be a dew nor shall not be dew nor rain these these years, but according to my word. Okay, and the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence and turn thee eastward and hide thyself by the brook Cherith, that is that is before Jordan, and it shall be that. Thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. So he's, he's predicting drought in the land, but God says, go over here, and I'm going to supply your need. All right? 
I told y'all this before we look, look at this previously, that here we see a man following in God's will, but he's still going to face some adversity. But God supplies the need. So the Bible says in verse number five, so he went and did according unto the word of the Lord. He went and did according to what? Unto the word of the Lord. He did what? According to the word of the Lord. That is so critically important, guys, in our lives that we learn how to do what the word of God tells us to do. He went and did according to the word of the Lord, for he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith, not the brook, the Red River. He went by the brook, the Cherith. He went where God told him to go. Amen. That is before Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning and bread and flesh in the evening. And he drank of the brook. And it came to pass after a while. Everybody say after a while. It came to pass after a while. What happened? That the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Now, here he goes where God tells him to go. God is supplying, but then the brook dries up. He was doing what God told him to do, but the brook dried up. See, I believe that sometimes in our life, and I shared share with, with you guys before, I believe sometimes in our life, God will cause a change to take place. He will interrupt our flow to make sure that we're still depending upon him and not the flow that he provided. F-L-O-W, the flow, okay? In other words, he goes to the brook Cherith and he's drinking water from the brook and the ravens are freeing him, but the brook dries up. This man was in the will of God, but then his source dried up. Sometimes you can be in the will of God, but then the source dries up. And I believe that God will allow some changes to take place in our life to make sure that we hadn't started depending on the job instead of depending on him. Instead of depending on him, yeah. Because it's easy to get, you know, get confidence now, I've been in, I've been in this company for twenty years. They can't they can't they they can't lay me off. Yes, they can. And I believe sometimes when God sees when we're starting to trust our stuff more than we're trusting Him, He'll cause our stuff to dry up, or He'll let it dry up. If our heart has start trusting the stuff rather than trusting Him, but watch what God does. Look at verse number eight. Are y'all there with me? Come on, let's read together. It says what? And the word. Of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belonged to Zion, and dwell there. Behold, watch what God says. I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. So he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering uh, of sticks, and he called her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. Now, again, this woman is facing drought too, right? It says, and as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thy hand. Watch what this woman says. And she said, as the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son that we may eat it and die. In other words, she was gathering her last meal. But the man of God, following the word of God, goes to Zarephath, and God says, I've commanded a widow there to sustain thee. Now, 
would seem like to me that God would have had some rich woman who had all kinds of stuff, food that had been stored for years to be there to supply his need, but that's not what God did. See, God is a God who knows how to work the way he works. God is a God that don't need a whole lot to do a whole bunch. God can take your little bit and make it a lot. He can take your little your two fish and five barley loaves and feed 5,000 besides women and children. My God is that kind of God. So watch what he does. It. Guys, I got, my, my time is running, but watch what he says. The text says, uh, and Elijah said unto her, fear not. There it is. There's that word again, fear not. Everybody say, fear not. Over and over and over and over again in the scripture, God keeps telling us to fear not. Some of y'all are facing situations right now where, where fear has risen up inside of you and God is saying, don't you fear. David said, I sought the Lord, he heard me, and he delivered me from all of my fears. Check out the text. He says, fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first and bring it unto me and after Make for thee and thy son. Look at verse 14. Y'all there? Come on, let's read it together. It says what? For thus. Ah, start. Let's, let's do it together. Verse 14 says what? For thus said the Lord God of Israel, the barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. Now, if, if all she had was enough for her and her son to eat and die, where is this stuff going to come from? God is the great multiplier. Watch what the text says. Look, 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 look with me. It says what? And she went and what? Did according to the saying of Elijah. The man of God spoke a word of God into the life of this woman. And this woman believed the word that the man of God spoke. And when she acted according to what the man of God spoke, because the man of God was speaking what? The word of God. Make sure your man of God is preaching the word of God and not some self-help philosophy. Make sure that you are connected with a church where you go through the Bible and the Bible is the foundational, amen, blueprint for your life. The text says this, watch this. And she went and did according to all to the saying of Elijah and she in her house did eat what? Many days. And the barrel of meal wasted not, neither the cruise of oil fell, according what? To the word of the Lord, which he spake by what? Elijah. Elijah spoke, amen, the word of God. And this, he was, he was, he was sustained and the widow was sustained. Now, now get, get back with me. Principle number, number four. I want you to write this down, okay? Principle number four. God always honors his word. Everybody say always. God always honors his word. We see it happening right here with the widow of Zarephath. We see it with, with Elijah. Elijah went and did what God told him to do. Even when the brook dried up, God had another source for him. If one source dries up, God got another one for you. If this job dries up, there's another one waiting on you. Can I get a witness up in here? Don't you dare trust your resources. Don't you dare trust your bank account because something can happen and you have to spend all that money. Stuff happens. I just had to replace a, a hot water tank in the house. And, and we heard, we were sleeping one night and we heard something go drip, 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 drip. We woke up in the middle, this is two o'clock in the morning. I'm like, 
what is that? And I figured out where the hot water tank was in the ceiling, right almost above our bedroom. And, had to, and it's in an awkward position such that it's located to where you can't really get the tank out without climbing over the AC unit. It's, so basically, the way it was, this, was, 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 was put in there, we had to cut the wall out to get the tank out. So, so what we decided to do was to get one of those tankless systems and put in there. It's, it costs a little bit more, but having to redo that whole wall, tape drywall, float tape paint and all that stuff, we decided we're going to the, we'll get the tankless system. But again, I hadn't planned on spending that much money. As a matter of fact, I wanted the tank to last forever, but stuff don't last forever. We've been in the house 15 years, KD. What I've learned is whatever man makes stuff wears out. But I hadn't planned on spending that money. I had not planned on spending that money. Let me say it again. I had not planned on spending that three plus thousand dollars. But I want hot water. So guess what we did? Spent that three plus thousand dollars. See, let me tell you something. You, you may have savings lined up and something can happen and you got to draw on that stuff. So that's why I can't trust my savings. I got to trust the Lord who's the provider of all of my needs. And I'm believing him, amen, to, to put back what I had to take out. Can I get a witness? God always honors his word because he says he'll supply all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Another important rule of faith is that we cannot act first and then expect God to come in line with our actions. That's what most of us do. We go do something crazy and then we're like, oh Lord, please now Jesus. No, you got to go to God first. You want God to bail you out of, of your of our stupidity. Because how many of y'all like me have made some unwise decisions? Some, some decisions that I didn't consult God first and then I want God to bail me out. If God keeps doing that, just like you do your children, if you keep bailing them out of their unwise decisions and choices, they'll never learn how to make wise decisions. You think it's love, but it ain't love to get your child out of everything they get into. It's hurting, it's killing them. Because they never learn how to take responsibility and learn how to handle things because you always jump in and, and, and take it over for them. Some of y'all just, 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 just got that takeover spirit. And your child never learns responsibility. Guys, don't, don't. Now, God is merciful, mind you. And sometimes he'll pick us up out of our muck and mire clay, the stuff that we did on our own. And God has enough grace and mercy. Thank God that he delivers us even when we, we do some stupid stuff. Amen. But, but it would be, be better if we consulted him first. Watch this. Number five, personal number five. So God always honors his word. Elijah did what God told him to do, and he honored his word. He provided for them. He provided for them until the drought was over with. Number five, faith is not moved by the circumstances. Faith is not moved by the circumstances. When we are not looking at the circumstances, that means that we are not moved by the negative situations confronting us. Faith ain't moved by the circumstances. If you're being moved by what you see, you're not walking by faith. If, if you're focused and fixated on what's happening rather than focused and fixated on God and his word, then, 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 then you, you're not going to walk by faith. 
Because faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things that are not seen. Okay? Faith is not moved by circumstances. And lastly, principle number six, faith operates at various levels. Various levels. We should begin to believe. Faith operates at various levels. We should begin to believe God wherever we are spiritually. If, listen, if you, if, you, if you hadn't been able to believe God uh, for $50, then you're probably not going to be able to believe him for $50,000. Start where you are. Start trusting God where you are. Start trusting God with what you're making right now. So that as he blesses you, you'll be able to trust him even as you get higher. Guys, we should begin to believe God wherever we are spiritually and make a determination to develop our faith by continually exercising it until it becomes like the seed that grows into a tree. Amen. It, that seed of the word, when we act upon it continuously, it'll grow and it'll get, it'll get stronger. And we'll be at a point where we can believe God for anything. See, I want to be that person who believes God for whatever I need God to come through for me with. I don't care what it is. I don't care how long the odds are. I don't care. I serve a God who can do exceeding abundantly above all I can ask or think according to the power that works in me. So I refuse to let what I see determine how I believe. It's what I believe that's going to determine what I see. And I see victory in Christ Jesus. I see the fact that I'm more than a conqueror through Christ who loves me. I see the fact that I am an overcomer, not an underachiever. I see that, that God will make a way for me. It doesn't matter what I look like on the outside. God don't care if you're black, white, yellow, brown, or green. He is a God who honors faith. He honors faith. So faith operates at various levels. So start where you are. And get into the word and decide to trust God, amen, for your supply. When we walk in my faith, we won't be walking in fear. Amen. He tells us to fear not. But I can't stop fearing if I don't start faithing. I know it's not a verb, but I'm making it a verb. I can't stop fearing if I don't start faithing, having a faith walk. Be still and know that he's God. Be still and know that he's going to deliver you from whatever situation that you find yourself in. God is an awesome God and he is worthy to be praised. And we're going to magnify him. We're going to lift him up. We're going to be a church, guys. Now, whether you want to be a part of it or not, that's up to you. I can't, I can't twist your arm. I can't make you want to grow. And you know what? One of the most liberating points in my life as a pastor is when I begin to understand that grown people will do what they want to do. So I'm not, I'm not into begging people. I'm into preaching and exhorting you. But, but here's what I would tell you. Here's what I've learned. When I look back over the course of my life, particularly my adult life, from the time I left high school up until this point, it's been a walk of faith. It's been a walk of faith. I tell you, you know, every situation hadn't been easy. Everything that's happened in my life hadn't been just laid out for me. When I, even when 